Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And we are Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Padrone, and I'm here today with my co-hosts, Paul, Nick, and Dave, and special guest, Bo Zaritsky from 724 Cigars. Hello, Bo, how you doing? How you doing, Pastor Padrone? Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Thanks for joining us today. It's my pleasure. How's everyone doing? Excellent. Fantastic. And we have Kendra here too, the potion master from the 724 bar. Hello, Kendra. Hey, guys. How are you doing tonight? I'm excellent. How, How are, are things guys? up at the bar? It's pretty busy. So yeah? we're going to keep this little bit uh, short and sweet. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> what have you brought for us? So I brought for you the new um, Yamazaki Japanese single malt whiskey. Mm. Um, every We've only had it on the shelf a day. Everybody that has tried it has been super impressed. Ooh, wow. Nice and sweet oh. in the front, uh, mm. citrusy honey mm. front with a spicy finish. Yes, mm-hmm. super smooth. Very, 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 good. very. And good. then it doesn't even need ice, right? The aroma, the <laughs> aroma on this is uh, to borrow Paul's word. One person might disagree, Kendra, but he's learning. So I'm a bourbon guy, and uh, Kendra knows that because I spend uh, when I'm not working, I spend a lot of time at the 724 Lounge. And uh, yeah, I never do. drink whiskey or bourbon with ice, so it, you should never have it with ice. Well, because Bo doesn't. Bo knows, I think. It does yeah, open Bo up knows. and change, and you get some other yeah. flavors. So I, I don't. I'm not against it. I, I definitely will have ice. A few drops of water sometimes. Yeah. Water. Sure. So what? Uh, obviously, we are smoking something from 724. That's why Bo is here with us. Bo, what? Are we what smoking today? Is this? This is a new thing. This is the very first review first. on a podcast, at least, of this cigar. What is this cigar that we are smoking? Yeah, so we're smoking um, the 1874 series, um, the Toro size, which is brand new. And so um, the 1874 was first released um, in 2011. Um, by Kurt Kendall, it was uh, his actually it was his second release and it was a limited cigar he did. Um, he had it um, in twins, obviously, and some selected um, retailers for 724. Um, it was a the cigar was a hit. Um, three of the lines, the Corona, the Lancero, and the Robusto, all received um, high scores from cigar aficionado. The Corona received a 92. The Lancero and the Robusto all received both received 90s, and so. Um, it's a cigar that has done really well um, for us, um, and it's a f- one of Kurt's favorites um, in the line. He always tends to smoke it um, regularly. So for us, it made sense to kind of continue that and to kind of make it full production. And so, you know, for the last couple of years, he's added it to more accounts, and it made sense for us to do a full production this year. So at the trade show, the 
uh, IPCPR and then moving forward now will be the PCA. Um, we debuted it with new packaging and um, it just started literally today. I sent out the first packages um, to the retailers and there'll be more going out next week. So we're very excited about it and we have it here at Twins in the Toro and the Gordo are the new sizes. Nice. That's awesome. And what's, uh, what's the wrapper binder filler on this? Yeah, so um, the wrapper is a Nicaraguan Jalapa Habano wrapper. Um, and so it's the wrapper is really, it's kind of like an oaky looking wrapper. It's a really nice, light looking wrapper. It mm. doesn't, you know, this is a real medium bodied cigar. I know we're going to get into like the um, the flavor notes and stuff like that in a little while. But when you look at it, it looks elegant. It's a very elegant looking cigar. Um, and that's why it was a limited production at first when Kurt first, um, Kurt first put it out. Um, the binder's Indonesian, and the filler is almost all Nicaraguan. There's a little Honduran tobacco in it, too. Um, and But it's almost an all-Nicaraguan cigar. Um, it's also manufactured in Nicaragua, and it's uh, manufactured, like almost all of our lines, by Placencia in Nicaragua. But mm, this is nice. our only cigar made in Nicaragua. The other four lines are made in Honduras, which for boutique, it's different. A lot of boutiques are made in Nicaragua or the Dominican Republic. We Kurt's always been in Honduras. He's always started there, but for us, this is a change for him. Uh, why that change? Uh, I think, you know, Nicaragua's hot. It always has been. Kurt has always been someone that likes to do things um, new and different. Um, so in 2011, he went to Nicaragua to have this one made. Um, but you know, like the Barber Pole, so our Hustler series, he was, Kurt is looked at as someone that brought back the resurgence of regular production Barber Poles. So back then there was a couple of companies like um, Viaje and then um, that had like limited production ones. Fuente did shorts the, um, between the lines, which was like a, they did every year around um, the holiday time with a Barber Pole, but Kurt always liked to be kind of on the edge, cutting edge. We have the Dog Walker, which Kurt owns the trademark on. Um, which is the four and a half by 40, the real short scars right. um, for the winter time. So he really likes to kind of be on the cutting edge. And the, the idea behind the cigar is it's not supposed to be that real in your face Nicaraguan burn your nose off on the retrohale. This is supposed to be a really approachable cigar for everyone, but to get those kind of Nicaraguan notes to it. Yeah, that, that's kind of like Kurt's style, though, too, with with all his cigars and his, his line. It's all of them are very approachable, very smokable, all the way down to, you know, the WK Connecticut that he has in the lineup to the Factory 57, which is supposed to be kind of like that medium, medium plus cigar. Yeah. Mm. So what are, what are some of the notes we're picking up on this? Smooth, spicy, sweet, just right off the bat. It, mm. It's just, it, it's, it's so smooth, number one, and it's so flavorful, mm -hmm. and it, it's delicious. It really, really is. It's just, it's. I, I, I was talking to Bo early this morning, and uh, I got a little bit of a preview of this cigar, and uh, he he he. You're said, welcome. You, thank you, Bo. I really appreciated it. It's one of the perks of coming in early in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So most day, most days I'm here pretty early, and Paul's the one who lets me in. Today I was in a little later, but you know I do take care of him. Thank you. Aww, I appreciate Aww. that, Bo. But uh, I was uh, just taking uh, the first few puffs of it, and and. It, he he said this was probably one of, uh, and I'm quoting what you told me, that you think this is one of your favorites from the 724 line, and uh, I've always been more partial to the uh, the original line and preferably the the torpedo. When I started to smoke this, I said, "My God, this is this is really something," 
this is a real delicious cigar. And that's the word I'm, I'm going to use tonight. It's just so delicious. It's got that spicy sweetness from the Habano. Real smooth. Notes of some wood. Um, just a little bit of pepper, but it's it's just it's just a very, very good cigar. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I'm definitely getting uh, uh, some wood notes and a little uh, pepper on the retrohale, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, it's helping me out with the drink a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You're getting there, Dave. You're getting there. away the tears. Uh, the, the drink is really nice, too. It actually tastes really good until, like, maybe three or four seconds later, it burns my esophagus. So, it's not that bad. Come on. Suck but, it up, uh, buttercup. Uh, I, my, my, my esophagus, unlike yours, is not yeah. scarred. It's not so, scarred. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it is scarred. Well, so I'm this, picking up... Uh, cedar Mm -hmm. on this it's very woody it's very earthy um i almost want to say there's there's this like espresso coffee ground kind of flavor to it and you know when i first lit this up the retro was really it was like a wasabi Mm -hmm. kind of spice to it that's that's calmed down now yeah but uh it's still got this nice pleasant spice in the retro and there is like Paul said this kind of sweetness mm-hmm. to the cigar and it, it, it really is very smooth um, I have always been partial to the uh, Club Perfecto that's in the original line that's one of my favorites and um, uh, so I was really looking forward to trying this and this is this has beaten my expectations. This is this is a really top-notch cigar. It is. It's going to be interesting to see where this ends up yep. in the ratings of magazines and on other podcasts. This is this is going to be a, a very well-liked cigar, I believe. Yeah, and I'm glad everyone's getting kind of that wood and cedar note because uh, Kurt, him and I, you know, I've only worked for Kurt since basically June 1st. I've been a customer of his. I bought my first cigar from Kurt in 1999 when I turned 18 back when he was in the little a shop the size of this room we're podcasting in which is like what 20 by like 10 by 10 or whatever he had a very small shop that's crazy yeah um but when he made the cigar his idea was like what would a cigar be like if you rested it in cedar for a couple months after it was rolled and so he wanted it to be a cedar forward cigar and so you don't you're not over we had a conversation the other day when a cigar came into the humidor about it being two cedar forward i think um paul and i and then steve the manager at hooks and had this conversation this has a lot of cedar but it's not cedar forward i think it's really got a good balance and that retrohale i describe that that peppery spice to it as like that mild is like a white pepper to it it's really nice yeah the construction for me, uh, Dave um, was commenting right before we started about the picture I took. Stacking uh, dimes. Yeah, so I know that's a nod to a, uh, a very good friend of mine hosts a different podcast and he uses that term, but um, he, you know, the construction is excellent. And I took a picture right before my ash fell off, right when we were starting to tape again, um, and it does. The construction's excellent on them, and so, we're, you know, Kurt. Kurt describes a cigar as one that he can't wait to take the next puff of, and that's how I described it yesterday when we broke open the first bundle to try them to make sure we were happy with the final product that came in when it came off the freight. Yeah, because, I mean, yesterday when Kurt smoked the Toro, mm-hmm. he said that was the first time he'd smoked the finished product. Right. Yeah, because so, you try the samples and stuff like that, but if you're not... if he, he wasn't in Nicaragua when they finalized it, right? But when you... So you know the samples are good, but... You don't know. You try samples before, 
but you don't know what it's going to be like four months later or when you try them the samples the finalized samples in june and july at the trade show it could be different three months later mm -hmm. or what's that four months now in october so bo tell us a little bit about where the name of the series 1874 comes from yeah so 724 is a historic brand um and so the first factory for 724 was in 1874 and that's where the name came from and so Twin Smoke Shop is in New Hampshire and we're about I think like five miles from where the first factory was on Elm Street at 724, uh, 724 Elm Street Elm Street in Manchester New Hampshire um, and that was a, too much whiskey I think. yeah no I'm just stumbling over my words I do that sometimes mm. um, no that was what like an ounce of whiskey maybe um, and so the the line is to commemorate the the series um, to commemorate the opening of the first factory in 1874. Now, when the line first came out, it had the original script writing. It was like cursive, which no one knows how to read cursive anymore because they don't even teach it in school anymore. My daughter's Correct. 11. Right. <laughs> Correct. My daughter's 11. She can't read cursive, and which is good because I can't write at all. Like I use all my <laughs> electronics for everything. But the packaging looked like what the old packaging looked like. So if you ever pick up one of our laundress boxes, the mm -hmm. up the um, the inside cover has the script writing on it mm. and stuff like that. We sell women's t-shirts in our shop. That with has the, the script that writing. That has the script writing. But now with the new production, our boxes are now more streamlined to look like it has the factory. That, that factory now is on Canal Street, which was the much larger factory because in the 1920s and 30s, they were making 80 million cigars a year, so they needed a much bigger facility. Yeah, so the series is really to commemorate the opening of the first factory in Elm Street. Now, that, that number... 80 million cigars a, a year. That yeah. is really impressive. Correct. I mean, how many brands today can actually say they make 80 million cigars a year? I can't, I can't think of any that are... That's a lot of rolling no, so a if you lot think, of leaf. So if you think about it, right? So Perdomo, who you guys, who you interviewed, right? Dan, they make, what the numbers I've heard is they make 20 million cigars a year. Mm -hmm. And he's he's one of the big boys. Padron, who everyone loves, right? They make nine to eight to 10 million. You don't know the exact number, but it's eight to 10 million ten cigars, cigars. a year. Right. 10 million cigars. You're talking like general, you're t but there's people like Toscano, who's like in Italy, those are called, that's what cigars are called. They make hundreds of millions of cigars. But back then in this little, in this factory in Manchester, five miles away, they were making Cuban cigars, 80 million a year. It was crazy. That's nuts. That is crazy. Now, you know, here in the middle of all of this stuff with these FDA regulations looming and all this stuff, yeah. Kurt decides, well, let's just expand the line. Let's yeah. put a Toro in it. Let's put a Gordo, the Gagger which is a 660 in the line. What made him decide to do that? I think it's, you know, a couple things. One is everyone's asking for what's new. Mm -hmm. You guys work, you guys all work retail for Kurt, right? What you, yep. The first thing that gets asked is what's new, what's hot. In our retail store, we have the barrels, the bourbon barrels, right? And we feature what we want to sell, which is usually what's new or the featured item. So why not, why shouldn't we have something that's new? But also the Toro is the most selling, the best selling the best size, size yeah. of cigar. And we know, and we, you know, I don't particularly smoke a lot of 60s ring gauges, but we know they sell. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is like our gagger, we have a whole following in New England that smokes that size and they love it. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense. Um, and so for us, it's about staying, staying in people's conscious when they're asking about it. It's about being what's new, but also making sure we have things 
that people want. But it's not about making a we want to make a cigar that tastes good as well. Right, right. And um, this cigar certainly does. Uh, is anyone picking up anything else on this as we're talking about things? I'm really hitting that sweetness that Paul was talking about earlier. Um, I don't know. And it's <coughs> this is a this is a really a fantastic cigar. I'm a I'm definitely a fan of this. It's very consistent too. It, it it hasn't changed for me at all. It's it's still that smooth, spicy, sweet cedar wood. It's just it's all coming at you, but it's just it's so well balanced too. Mm. It's a, it really is a, a, a an incredible cigar. And I can't I, I do smoke the sixty rings, um, you know, quite a lot actually. And I can't wait to have the sixty ring in this. It, it, you know, I'm, it's. I'm looking forward to that very, very much. Yeah, and Kurt doesn't smoke a lot of '60s himself, too. We were at a, we were talking with, um, with someone the other day about, about this, and he, you know, we were joking about how he doesn't, you know, smoke them very often. But he tried the '60 today, and he finished the whole thing. And you guys know Kurt. It's most of the time we find a cigar half smoked that Kurt leaves <laughs> around the shop, right? Yep. It's not because he doesn't like it, or it's because it's because he loses track of it, or he's doing a bunch of things. This one, he left the shop, went somewhere, and he smoked in his, his van, he came back, he finished it upstairs. Like, So he was really enjoying it. And I know it's his product, right? But that said something about it. Yeah, well, Kurt, and Kurt's not the guy who's just going to smoke something at, mm-hmm. because it, you know, if he doesn't like it, he's not going to smoke it all the way to the end. Yes, exactly. And, you know, so that, that really, I had a chance to ask him what he thought of it, and I could tell just the look on his face. He was yeah. very pleased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very pleased. So, how how does this blend the 1874? Uh, how is it different from the other blends that you guys offer? And how does how does it you know stand out from the other lines that you offer? Yeah. So so I what I would say is this is like the cigar we have that is closest to a puro, right? Okay. So almost all of our cigars are have multi country tobacco in it so for example our original series that's a six country blend this cigar basically is a nicaraguan cigar with an indonesian binder there's a little bit of from everything that i know about it there's a little bit of honduran tobacco in the filler but very little um so essentially this is a almost entirely a puro it's the only cigar we make in nicaragua Mm. um and so it is a little different um it's the most cedary cigar we make a lot of our cigars have a little bit of wood tasting notes to it but it's definitely the um the cigar with the most cedar to it if you read any of the reviews from cigar aficionado that's what it will tell you it's cedar forward Mm -hmm. um they describe it that way i was doing some i was helping kendra with some advertisements for one of our liquor representatives and that's you know i was reviewing some of those and that's what they said about it so that's how it's different what i'll say is nick brought up the point a little earlier that it's a very as nick kind of shows shows off his uh well-constructed cigar there with a really good ash um what i'll say is all of our cigars are super approachable and to nick's point earlier kurt's a retail tobacconist and that he did this cigar brand and we're going to get into that in a little while about why he brought back 724 but his whole goal is to have cigars if you're a new cigar smoker or you're a seasoned cigar smoker like most of us here that you can smoke and it can be approachable we're not here to light your hair on fire with like a nicotine buzz or to like blow your socks off which i i enjoy those cigars as well some my favorite brand makes besides 724 makes some really strong stuff but that's not us we are we want to fill your humidor with stuff that anyone can pick up and enjoy 
Yeah, this is a great. It's a medium-bodied smoke. Would would everybody agree with that? That's yes. what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I'd say medium strength, medium um, yeah. body. Yes. And um, very so very enjoyable. It's very consistent. Very the, uh, smooth. I I agree with Paul that that the cigar really has not changed at all. Those cedary, woody, earthy kind of espresso ground notes are still there. Would you say that the the sweetness I'm getting from this is probably from that bit of Honduran tobacco that's in there? Yeah, and I would say I would agree with that. I mean, I think if you look at like um, like our original series or our um, our um, WK, which has a double Honduran binder, mm-hmm. those cigars have that creaminess, which is like that sweetness to that it. Natural creaminess. Yeah, so sweet. like you talked about that Club Perfecto, which we only offer in the original series. Right. That is like one of the creamiest cigars that we make, and that mm. thing is excellent. So, it's so I, awesome. Prob- yeah, and it could be because of that. And so, um, at the end of the day, it just really brings, uh, really brings some really nice changes to the cigar. And to go back to how the cigar, the profile hasn't changed since we started smoking it, there's two theories to that, right? Do you want a cigar that changes first, second, and third, third? Or do you want a cigar that stays consistent throughout way, through the whole thing? Now, some cigar makers will say, I want a cigar that's going to give you a different, a, a different flavor profile at each third. Some will want something that's very consistent. So a Padron, for example... We, we all smoke Padrones, but they are, you light a Padron from the beginning to the end, and it will be the same consistency. One of my favorite brands, besides 724 Aromacraft, has significant changes throughout the cigar. So at the end of the day, it really is about the cigar maker and what they're looking for out of their cigar. Mm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's happening here at Twin Smoke Shop. We always have a lot going on. We want our listeners to know what's happening here. So if you are in the area at all, you can take advantage of some of the events that we have going on here. Our next uh, event is Friday, November 15th at Londonderry. It's from 4 to 9 p.m. And we're going to be doing an Illusione Cigar event. And uh, Dion Giolito, who is the founder of that brand is going to be here he is rarely at events and we are super excited that he's going to be here that's going to be a fantastic fantastic time so that's at the londonderry location november 15th from 4 to 9 p.m if you can be here for that that is going to be fantastic they make some wonderful cigars i mentioned last week one of my favorites the uh, mj12 is one of his and one of Paul's favorites, which is Cigar Privé. Yes, Cigar Privé. Cigar Privé. Another cigar that is just fantastic um, from them. Uh, It's just great. So uh, there'll be all sorts of deals and specials going on with Lozioni Cigars. And uh, again, just the the chance to meet with Dion, that's a very, very rare thing. So if you can make it, be here for that November 15th from 4 to 9 at our Londonderry location and then uh, Friday December uh, uh, well Thursday December 5th and Friday December 6th Drew Estate is going to be here and Nick Laramie will be here again the New England rep for them that's always a great time and um, uh, you don't want to miss that both of those events will run from 4 to 9 p.m. Uh, December 5th from 4 to 9 in Hooksit, and December 6th from 4 to 9 in Londonderry. 
And last, we want to let you know that Twins has been nominated for Tobacconist of the Year by TobaccoBusiness.com. So, and that is just awesome. Yeah, that's a huge, uh, huge uh, honor to be nominated. And there's um, some really some great other tobacconists in that category. Yeah. Um, for Kurt and us, for the people who work at Twins, to be nominated is a great honor. But it'd be even better for us to bring home that title. And so, we would really want everyone to, you guys, listen to this podcast because it's about Twins and what makes us great: the cigars, the pipes. The, the lounge and we would really want you to get out there and get the vote out for us yeah so if you're listening to this write this down right now type it into your phone and vote uh, go to tobaccobusiness.com it is spelled exactly like it sounds tobacco business no, no spaces or anything dot com forward slash awards 20 and 20 is the number 20 and uh, that'll take you to a list of all sorts of things that you can vote on one of the categories is tobacconist of the year and please vote for twin smoke shop um i'm very very excited to just be nominated uh, mm. for that it's a there's only five what five, five people yeah. uh, that have been nominated for that and just to make it to that is amazing um to be one of five that uh, in, in the country that uh, are going to be awarded that. But please go to tobaccobusiness.com forward slash awards 20 and vote for Twins Smoke Shop. You know it's the right thing to do. Awesome. <laughs> you can Fantastic. stay in touch. You can stay in touch with Twins Smoke Shop on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube and at twinssmokeshop.com. So what are our continuing Im impressions here of the 724, 1874 series Toro? I, I cannot wait for the next puff. I'm, I'm, I'm probably more than halfway done with this cigar. I'm probably yeah, you're ahead chain of, smoking. I, I really am, and, I, and I'm not embarrassed. That's your second today. I'm, I'll have a third. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to pay for that one. <laughs> Gladly. No, this this cigar is absolutely delicious. I, I literally cannot wait for the next puff. I'm not. I'm. I'll admit it. I'm hammering this because I just can't. It's so delicious. I I love this very very much. This will probably be my favorite one right now of the 724 line. It's it's already made it to my top yep. of the 724. This this is really outstanding fantastic. cigar. And everybody knows I have always enjoyed 724 cigars. I think they're very very good. Um, and you know every every line has been very well received in the national magazines and podcasts and stuff like that this is just this is something special it is this is really really good nick what are, what are your thoughts as you hold up your two inch ash look at that that is yeah that is the construction on this is, is above approach this yeah. is amazing um well i want to talk a little bit about the cigar and the whiskey that we got yes and uh it goes hand in hand. It really does, yeah. If it, great, you know, I drink a lot of whiskeys, single malts, blended uh, scotches, and stuff like that. And this being with the sweetness of the whiskey and the the cigar, it goes hand in hand. Super smooth. It's a medium body cigar. I kind of picture the or feel that the the whiskeys uh, on the medium body as well. It's not. 
crazy strong it might be for you dave but <laughs> i i drink this stuff all the time so i, I actually finished mine so oh wow I, i'm I, on my I, second hey. gold star <laughs> yeah <laughs> give him give him give him a blue ribbon um but uh it it's very very well balanced with the cigar and the drink it, uh, the next time i'm in the walk-in i'm gonna definitely recommend having this whiskey with this cigar and it's just a fantastic pairing Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and you know, kind of, you know, Paul, you were saying how you couldn't wait for the next pull on the on the cigar. I couldn't wait for the next pull on the whiskey. Yes, you know, it's it's that. <laughs> I good. wish we had more. Yeah, we're I all think pretty much done. We're all pretty much done. Even David is is finished, which is uh, says something about it right there. Yep, that's a testament. Um, that's fantastic. Um, Bo, give us give us a little history of seven twenty four. What. You know, the, this company that... Who are we, Bo? You know, yeah. people have never... You know, a lot of people have never heard about it. This company that was making 80 million cigars a year. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about 724. No pressure. Uh, no problem. Yeah, so, I mean, I think this was... Uh, I was Our GM, Sean, who was in charge of all the operations of the store, was joking with Dan and I that uh, he didn't need to hear my answers because uh, if I get it wrong, I'll be looking for a new job in the future, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> No, so hashtag truth. Yes. Um, so <laughs> sorry, Bo. That's okay. No hashtag fact check. I, hopefully, I know this right. This is what I do now for a living. So, um, 724 was founded in 1874 by R. G. Sullivan, who was from New Hampshire, um, and so he, the whole concept behind the cigar um, and his business was marketing, and so they have. They had marketing on everything, so there were signs out there. And if you ever like Kurt's an antiquer, and so if you ever met Kurt or have come to the Twins Lounge, and I'm sure you have because um, you listen to this podcast, um, our lounge is full of antique signs and stuff like that. And Kurt has this plethora of old antique 724 stuff. So there is like you know when you go to a restaurant and you get your bill and it comes in like a foldy like with Amex on it, it comes with a fold. They used to have like 724 things where you would get your bill on and they would get like change things from 724 it was a whole it was a whole slew of marketing stuff but the cigars were made with sumatra wrappers connecticut broadleaf from connecticut and then cuban tobacco hmm. they used to have freight boats i don't know the exact term of it but these boats of freight once a month or more come to new hampshire and bring just freight of cuban tobacco um and the original some of the original sizes they made were the laundress um, which was the real all those cigars back then were really small cigars because that's what they smoked. So like now when we talk about a small cigar being like a Robusto at 50 or a Toro at 52 and now we smoke 60s and we have today we were looking at Nick was joking with Kurt at the 70 that we had out on the shelf like on the counter that he was working with right like those were unheard of back then. Um, and so the other size that was one of the originals was the Club Perfecto and that's why Kurt made it. So this and they were it started at a little retail shop. The 724 Elm Street was like a cigar factory in a retail shop, um, and then they quickly outgrew that and they built the, what now is still there on Canal Street. Um, and if you get off at Exit Five on 293 North in New Hampshire, and you look to the left, you can still see it says uh, Cigar Factory on this it, on this building. Uh, it's really cool. A marketing firm owns it now. Um, and they have said they're going to keep it there. I think they have to. It's probably a historic building. I don't know. Yeah, it. yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I don't know the specifics on that, but they have said they're going to keep it there. Kurt has a good relationship with the gentleman. Um, his name is Travis that owns the building. Um, 
And so Kurt actually made a special edition cigar for him years ago. We found actually Nick and Kurt were rearranging the humidor a couple weeks ago now, yeah. and they found what was left of that um, that special edition cigar. It was actually mm-hmm. a Club Perfecto. Yeah. Um, and so, and they were all over, they made five cent cigars, 10 cent cigars. The signs, if you come here, they said 724, 10 cent cigars. Then there were signs without the 10 cents on there because then they probably went up to 12 cents. Um, so they were a huge brand back then. They were the largest producer of cigars at one point in the United States. Um, obviously, with the embargo in 1963, when you make Cuban cigars and you get an embargo, you can't make them anymore. Right, right. So um, Kurt opened the first Twins in 1997, and as an antiquer, and he opened a shop, and he it was a vintage, it was a shop with a vintage look, just like it is now with signs and antiques in it he started finding all this antique tobacco stuff with 724 he did his research on what was 724 cigars he learned all about rg sullivan and how he was on the board of all of these different charities and organizations and at one time he was the largest taxpayer in the united states and he was just this out- yeah he was just this outstanding 80 million cigars a year yeah 80 million yeah 80 yeah 80 and so he was just an outstanding citizen. And when Kurt had always wanted to start a line of cigars. Mm-hmm. And so when it was time, he did the research, found out who owned the trademarks. It was some guy that had no, he, it was a guy that was a history buff like Kurt. And he bought the trademark so no one else would do anything wrong with it. And Kurt approached him and bought it. And they started producing cigars. Kurt has letters and stuff from the descendants of R.G. Sullivan talking about what he's done. Kurt's met these people because they're still from the area yeah i've met um, some of them they right come to the yeah. Doors. Yep. yeah and every once in a while they'll come in and stop in and stuff like that and so really the you know kurt started producing cigars a little earlier than 2006 but we really talk about 2006 as being the first year that they produced the original series um so we're in our the middle of our to the end of our 13th year as a company um and we have five, now we have five lines um so we have the original series, we have um, which was the first one, the 1874, which was the second but limited hustler, um, was the third Factory 57, and then the WK, um, which came out in the at the IPCPR in 2018 for a national release. It was a, it was early, it was a twins a little earlier than that the IPCPR, which is not abnormal for Kurt to do that with lines, um, but we have something that hits upon all the markets, um, stuff like that. So that's really a history of that cigar but it was really Kurt found a guy um, that was just an outstanding citizen he did the right things and Kurt wanted to make have that brand live on mm. uh, I think he's doing a good job we're a small small company um, people talk about boutique cigars but we started as like Kurt, Kurt never meant it to be like this nas- a national brand we meant to be a house brand for him at Twins and now we are a national brand so we truly are a boutique cigar company well and and that that leads to another question i wanted to ask you that there are lots of really good boutique cigar Mm -hmm. lines out there what what makes 724 stand out to you why why should people be looking for it why should shops carry it yeah for me what i always talk about is like kurt's a retail tobacconist like i said and he knows what works there's a reason Kurt and Twins was nominated for Tobacconist of the Year by Tobacco Business Bureau, right? Tobacco Business. Um, it's because he, he's successful. He knows what works. We do, first of all, our, he makes cigars that are approachable for everybody. So 
you could give them any one of our lines, all five of them, even the Factory 57, which is our our strongest cigar, and it's still not going to give anyone the nicotine spin. It's not going to knock them on their feet. So every one of our lines is approachable. Um, they're all their construction's excellent. They're always going to burn right. They're easy to retail. We come in all 20 count boxes. They're um, and so they're easy for retailers to put out there. The dog walkers. Um, are a great sell, especially around New England. We sell them in 30-count boxes and in five-packs, and then we also have the dog walker trays for easy retailing, where you can put them side-by-side, side, just like we do here, with the box with the count 30 counts in front or behind them, so it's easy retailing. So, Kurt, we've made it very easy for the retailers to get us in there. And Paul and I were just talking about this earlier while Paul was having his dinner. Our price points are very competitive as it comes to MSRP. In New Hampshire, we are extremely lucky. We don't have to worry about taxes or anything like that. There's a lot of territories just around us, even like Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, Maine, that have struggled with taxes. But the reality is every company deals with that. But our, our original series, Factory 57, WK, what you get for the money is definitely worth the value. Um, and so for us, we're not the big name like some of the other big boutiques like Roma Craft and those guys, but at the end of the day, our quality is excellent. We're made by Placencia. Four of our lines are made by Placencia, which has some of the biggest farms in the world. Their manufacturing is second to none. Um, and Kurt's always worked with them um, since day one, so we haven't changed factories. They've made our blends for us and worked with Kurt to come up with them. Um, and we stand by our product. You know. So what's what's the line that uh, Placencia does not make for them? Who makes uh, WK. That's made at Racist Cubana in, in Honduras. Okay. Yeah. But that's they have right. a close relationship with them as well. Sure. Yeah. And now, you've kind of hinted at the fact that, that you've been a cigar geek yeah. for a long time. I have been, yeah. I've, I've talked a, a couple of times how, you know, saying, you know, I'm... I'm I'm uh, an aficionado. I, I like cigars. I'm very into them. But I I, I, I have not yet, you know, gotten into the geek stage where I'm... Uh, you, but you've been there for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, you were a customer, <laughs> you were a customer here for a very long time. Yeah. What made you decide to make that jump from being somebody who was just an appreciation appreciating the cigars to somebody who wanted to actually jump in and be in the business and, yeah. and get into uh, sale selling yourself yeah so in um, in March I, I used to work in higher education so I used to um, I used to deal with students that got in trouble and that's what I used to do so I was kind of like the principal at higher education institutions um, and that I did that for 14 years and that burnt me out it was hard work it was I dealt with it was a lot and in March I got to a place where it was too much for me I negotiated a time with my employer that I wasn't going to work there anymore and I started looking for a job I would spend a couple hours a day here having a cigar and job searching and stuff like that and one day um, Kurt said what have you been doing here so much and I said oh you know I'm uh, on a break from work I'm looking for a new employment and and him and I talked for about an hour that night, and he said, "Well, why don't you come back? And I got a, I got a, I got a job opening." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I. I thought he meant working in the humidor." Sure, and I go, "Sure, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm cut out to work in retail." And now that I hang out with you guys all the time, I'm like, I actually would love doing that too. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, anyway, so Kurt and I met maybe four or five times before he even offered me the job. Um, and I learned about kind of the brands and he showed me how the operation works and I talked to Rob who had my job before um, I met Sean and stuff like that and um, 
I've always loved cigars. It was how, like, at the end of the day of long days of work, I would stop here at another local location um, that I frequent and have a cigar after work to unwind, or I'd have one after I put my kids to bed on my patio. Um, so just for me, it made sense to, like, it was my passion and to mm. do something that I loved, and it was a change. I think I'm a people person. Um, I some you know maybe someone will tell me I'm not I don't know um, so for me to get out there and travel and to drive for a couple hours and have a, a cigar and listen to podcasts and go and talk about 724 and be in a lounge with other people enjoying cigars made a lot of sense and so and this job is really unique because I'm not just selling cigars I help Kurt with all aspects of the brand so I'm helping with the marketing stuff I'm working with him on production stuff on operations and so it's not just the sales part so it's really kind of like a lot more than just sales and so I'm enjoying all aspects I'm learning a ton about the business um, and so it's just uh, you know I lo I'm loving it and so for me it was kind of like I was burnt out and mm. it kind of it just happened to be at the right place at the right time and kind of piqued my interest and I think I'm really glad I'm doing it that's awesome that's yeah. awesome we're yeah. happy to have you oh thanks Nick well, isn't. He's giving me the mean mug. <laughs> I'm just in full relaxation mode right now. He wants another whiskey. Yes, I do. So what is our final verdict on the 724, 1874 Siri Toro? I'm well into the, uh, the final third of the cigar, and this is absolutely nub-worthy. I, I, I'm not going to put this down anytime soon. This is, this is just an absolutely phenomenal cigar. Would it be pipe-worthy? It, it would be. I, and that would be the first time so. that I'd actually have to do that. So I would oh. absolutely hashtag pipe worthy. Yes, pipe worthy. Hashtag Paul's new favorite cigar. <laughs> it's certainly one of them, my friend. This is this is uh, it hasn't changed at all. This mm -hmm. is an incredibly consistent cigar. Still getting all those notes. Uh, still very very smooth. Um, it's just outstanding. David, I think um, the construction is absolutely fantastic. I think um, I'm loving the the the. The, the cedar notes uh, and the little bit of wood notes that I'm getting from it um, it is very consistent all the way through the all the way through the whole smoke and I would also read it as definitely pipe worthy I'm gonna finish it until my my fingers burn <laughs> well it certainly gets two big thumbs up from me um, I've always been a um, lover of 724 like I said and I've always liked the seven, the 1874 line, but um, this tweaking that he's done to the blend is just phenomenal. It has put that line up into a whole new level for me, and uh, I would highly recommend uh, anyone out there to, uh, if you're near Twins at all, come and try it, and um, if you are not, then talk to your uh, local brick and mortar about bringing it in. It is a fantastic line. You wouldn't have any trouble selling this cigar. You can also feel free to call our shop and order a box, and we will ship. That's it right. Free. We ship anywhere in the United States. That's right. Yeah, and uh, if you're, it's November first, and so this will get posted soon. Uh, the mm -hmm. podcast, and so if you come in in the near future and you pick up a couple 1874, they might have something special for you. Maybe That's an extra. Very true. So, because uh, we really true. want people to get out and try it, we, uh, I, this is my second one, and I agree with Paul that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have to put it down because we're gonna be picking up a pipe soon, and in all honestly, mm. I'm new at this pipe thing, so there'll be a lot of laughing at me soon. But um, <laughs> yes, we really do want people to. 
get it in your hand, so we're glad to offer some little extra for people if you come in in the near future to Twins and try that out, okay? We won't laugh at you. We'll laugh with you, Bo. Mm. Well, speak for yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, we are ready to start our pipe tobacco review, uh, and we have been visited by Sam, the barman, who has brought some wine with him. Sam? Brought some wine. I did. I brought some wine. Brother, tell us about this wine that you have brought to pair with this tobacco. So uh, I took a couple draws of this pipe tobacco upstairs a little while ago, and what I got off the bat is big leather. So from there, I mean, leather immediately makes me think of red wine. It's one of the flavors you look for in, in some red wines, so I figured the two could pair up pretty well together. What we have here is a Trapiche Bronquel. It's an Argentinian Malbec. Um, nice and high up in the mountains, they get these grapes, so you should get some serious minerality backed up by, like I said, that leather, those tannins, and you should get a nice finish of some stone fruit, some nice dark stone fruit. So I think you should get a pretty good pairing between the two there. They should play pretty nicely together. Now, when you say stone fruit, what, what does that mean? Stone fruit refers to any fruit that has a pit. So you're thinking apricots, you're thinking cherries, you're thinking... Okay, I got right, you. Right, some stuff like that. Stone fruit, I mean literally the stone in the middle of the fruit. Nice. All right. That's new to me. That's wonderful. I love learning new things. Mm. I think this wine uh, is fantastic by itself. It's very, very good. I think it's going to pair very well with this. And the this that we are smoking is Dreams of Kadath by Cornell and Deal. It's part of the Old Ones series. And uh, right off the tin, it says, Your journey to Kadath will not be an easy one. Before you descend the steps of the... Dr- into the dreamlands, prepare yourself with this fragrant blend of dark-fired Kentucky, Caterini, Perique, Virginia, Burley, and a black Cavendish. Unquote. So this is a this is a there's a lot of tobacco in this uh, pipe tobacco here. It's manufactured by Cornell and Deal, and um, it's a Virginia blend: black Cavendish, Burley, dark-fired Kentucky. Uh, Oriental Turkish, Perique, and Virginia. There's no casing on this. Uh, This tobacco is a plug or a crumble cake. If you open up the tin, what you see inside is this uh, brownie of uh, tobacco that's been pressed. And um, what you do is you get your knife and you slice off a few flakes off that uh, plug and then you rub the stuff out Uh, onto some paper or onto a paper plate or onto a cutting board and then you fill your pipe with it and uh, it is really really nice what are our initial thoughts and impressions on dreams of kadath and how do we think it's going with the wine this is already part of my regular cycle um, of pipe tobacco that i go through on a day and i love it Um, it goes as, as far as the wine um, I think it pairs almost perfectly with it. Mm. Um, they both complement each other and bring out the each other. And um, uh, I'm getting a lot of bright flavors from the mm. um, from the wine and from the uh, from the tobacco. It's fantastic. Paul, what are you picking up? A little bit of leather. Mm-hmm. 
some nice fruit. Uh, and on the retro hail, I'm picking up a little bit of smoky wood, mm. which is just uh, it's one of my favorite retro hail flavors, I would say. Smoky wood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bo, uh, you have graciously decided to stay with us and attempt smoking a pipe. Um, what are some things that uh, you're picking up off of this? Um, not much, because I can't get it to stay lit. Oh! <laughs> and I'm trying. And Dan, before we started again, said the pipe was packed right. Mm-hmm. And so I did. Uh, yeah, I'm trying very hard. Um, but it's you know not going very well for me on, with the pipe. But um, the wine is delicious. Mm. Uh, Sam, the barman, hit it on the head with the stone fruit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a big wine guy, but I can see myself getting that. I could see that going really well with a lot of different uh, stuff that I smoke. So, Nick, you're looking very contemplative over there. What are you picking up? Are you enjoying this at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely getting a little bit of leather. When I first lit the, the pipe, it was leather. just like slapped me right in the face, and then it kind of played a backseat mm-hmm. uh, with going back and forth with the wine and uh, the pipe. It's bringing more of that fruit out in the tobacco. You get more of that sweetness, um, a little bit of spice, and the leather's kind of jumping in and out of there. Nice little retro hail. Got a, a nice little spice in the retro hail, but the pairing, I was skeptical at first because usually a lot of times when we do the pairing on the show, it's um, a, a whiskey or a bourbon or something like that or a cocktail. Um, so I was a little skeptical at first, but when... I started drinking it and smoking the pipe and going back and forth. The pairing is just right there. It's on par. They're they're not overshadowing each other or one is not being more prominent. It, the wine is very smooth. Like you said, got that stone fruit in there. And it's just complementing the, the tobacco. It's really, really, really well. And uh, Bo has switched back to uh, his cigar. I don't blame I, him, though. I feel very bad. I, I tried. You tried. I did. I tried for about 10... We've been working for about 10 minutes, and I, you know... You tried. Yeah, I I'm apologize. proud of you for trying. And I did. We tried last night. We tried last night as well. Mm-hmm. Dan and I were hanging out with some friends of mine, and there was... Actually, the stuff we were smoking was delicious last night, but, right. you know, we I was, did give it a go. I apologize. Well, not everyone can do it. Mm-mm. Mm. Mm. But uh, but I do want to... I know next that we're going to talk about is Pipe Club and what I wanted to say, or like the date for the next Pipe Club. Mm-hmm. I want to say a lot of my friends who are cigar people are becoming like massive pipe people now. They've all bought in pipes from Nick or Dan mm-hmm. or Paul and they're loving Pipe Club. And so like yeah. one of my buddies, Curdy, who we were hanging out with last night, right. he's almost... He's smoking more pipe than he is cigar right now and he's absolutely loving it and he got this what's the long one called the church warden? church warden yep and he is he first of all he looks super cool smoking that thing yeah because curdy <laughs> just has like the build so yeah like, he has right? the build to go with it yeah but he yeah he's just loving the pipe and i think it's really cool they're all do you know it's really awesome that they like dan one day talked to him about pipe club and then now they're all trying it and stuff like that and they do most of them are doing about half and half but curdy is just loving it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he loves I didn't it jump, the jump the agenda but i do that's where no, we're going no. next but I, I, my friends are loving pipe club mm. and pipes in general here yeah generally speaking pipes are usually easy to fall into <laughs> but 
It's it's wonderful the the different world of, of tastes and sensations that you can get from a pipe, and I'm I'm very happy to be part of both worlds, uh, cigar and pipe tobacco. Mm. Yeah, this this tobacco is, it's got a real earthy quality to it, especially in the retro. You get this nice spice from the perique, uh, and earthiness in the retro. Uh, the Virginias have that deep. Uh, fruit sweetness to them. Um, there's some nuttiness going on. Uh, that leather, I, I'm I, I'm not picking up leather so much on on this, but um, it's whatever flavors I'm picking up. Uh, you know, as soon as I saw uh, Sam bring down the the red wine, I immediately thought that that was going to go well with with uh, tobacco. Uh, because there is this really deep uh, uh, fruity quality to this tobacco and earthiness to it uh, and that little bit of spice which you know would just pair great with the uh, uh, wine and this uh, Malbec is just fantastic I'm, I'm loving the pairing on this yeah, mm-hmm. very well paired very well paired mm. <clears throat> so uh, as we have uh, kind of already hinted, we have a lot of things going on at our uh, pipe club here at Twins. Uh, and November 9th is our next pipe club, and we're going to be showcasing blends with Dark Fired Kentucky, including Dreams of Kadath. That's This is going to be one of the tobaccos that we are featuring at that um, pipe club. Pipe club goes from noon to 4 p.m., here at the Londonderry location of Twins. And uh, you can come anytime in that time period. You don't have to stay the whole time. If you can, can't can make it till 2, you know, that's what a lot of people do. So uh, feel free to come down. We have a lot of people and uh, that are coming to that now. And it's growing every month we do it. It's going to be fantastic. And then uh, our next event will be uh, December 14th, which is also a Saturday. And that's going to be a big day. We have a Peterson Pipe show with Mark Mormar from Laodice Distribution Group. Uh, that's going to run uh, from 12 to 4 and possibly a little bit longer. Uh, the last event we did with them uh, was fantastic, and uh, I can't wait for that. I know Peterson is a big, popular um, pipe brand here at Twins. Mm. And uh, I'm very excited uh, for that right before Christmas. That's going to be a great, great time. Dan, was that when you had all like the specialty pipes here? Yes. Like for the consignment or whatever the hell mm-hmm. that worked out? Those are all re- like, so I know I couldn't get my pipe to get going, mm-hmm. but I was amazed by like all the different pipes that you guys had from mm-hmm. that company. It was just, it was, re- they're really pieces of art. Like if, yeah. if, if people aren't into pipes, I know this is a cigar and pipe show. It's just the quality work they do and like the designs and stuff are fascinating to look at it's really awesome yeah and one of the things i love about these shows is you know a company like peterson makes so many different pipes there's no way that a shop could carry everything that they make um uh, peterson alone has uh somewhere between 30 and 40 lines of pipes and then there's seven or eight or nine or more uh, pipes in those lines. You're talking a lot of different shapes and sizes and price not, points. Not to mention the Sherlock series. Not to mention the Sherlock series. Yes, yeah. and um, 
um, there's going to be pipes, you know, uh, for every budget and some very unique pipes too uh, that are going to be one-offs and uh, uh, pipes that are very, very hard to find at that show. And there will be specials. We're going to have some raffles. It's going to be a really, really good time. And uh, you can follow Twins Pipe Club on our Facebook page and at Instagram at Twins Pipe Club. Uh, what are our continuing thoughts on Dreams of Kadath by Cornell and Deal? Subtle spice on the retrohale. A um, little bit of earth. Uh, just uh, in that in that fruit too. I'm mm. definitely picking up those notes again. It's just uh, it's a very very relaxing tobacco. I it's, would say it's getting sweeter as I yeah, smoke. It, it is. The sweetness is. is increasing. Yeah. Is that true for you, Nick? Yeah. yeah. The the sweetness is is coming through a little bit more, and also the, for me the leather is is coming in a little bit more too, mm. um, and you still get that nice spice on the retrohale, which is really pleasant. And just, just as a point of fact, now I am picking up some leather as I'm about a, a quarter of the way through the bowl here. I'm picking that up. Uh, nice earthy notes. Um, and I, I love the retro mm. on this cigar. Oh, the yeah. retro hail is mm. fantastic on this pipe tobacco, I mean. Did I say cigar? You did. Oh. Scratch that, this pipe tobacco. <laughs> hmm. Dave, what are you getting? I'm, I'm not, <coughs> I've said it before, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Virginia's, um, this is definitely up my alley, I love the, uh, it's actually got <clears throat> kind of a, a wine-esque taste mm. to it, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I really think the, uh, the pairing with the wine is just, is fantastic, they complement each other very much, mm. um, it brings out the, uh, um, the Virginia in it a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm loving that. the The spicy retro hail is also really cool, but for me, like the the leather is something you hardly ever get, or at least I ever get, from a lot of pipe tobaccos that I smoke. Probably because they're mostly Virginians, but mm-hmm. the uh, that's a that's a, another nuance that I love to get from uh, the world of pipe smoking. Dan, yeah. oh, so as a retro, so. I know as a cigar smoker, for me, a retrohale is really important because I get a lot more out of my cigar. It's the same with a pipe, right? It is. Yeah. Yes. And so for me, you know, I, there's always a conversation about like, should you retrohale, should you not? And for me, I retrohale probably every fourth or so draw of my cigar and you just get an extra, you get extra flavor notes out of it. And it's so important because it make, we were talking in the last segment about how the cigar can be, it could stay like consistent throughout the whole cigar, but you add that extra dimension through your nose on the tobacco through your cigar or for what you guys are doing now through the pipe, it brings extra complexity to your tobacco, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably the same, right, for a pipe? Well, science fact too, guys, uh, 80% of your taste is through your nose. So That's one of the reasons retrohaling, I yeah. think, it is important to do. I know not everybody wants to do it or can do it. Um, and, you know, if, if you can't or, or don't want to, uh, I know some people have a real sensitivity problem right. with that and, and, and just can't. But if you can, it, it really does help you pick up a lot more uh, uh, nuances in whatever you're smoking, be it a cigar yeah. or, a, or a pipe. Um, 
one of the things I'm enjoying with this is the the finish on the wine lingers a little bit, mm-hmm. and that lingering finish when you then draw on this pipe tobacco just goes so it just well pops. together. It yep. makes it makes the tobacco pop. It's really really nice. It brings out that sweetness. It brings out that that spice almost this this uh, clovey kind of like spice that's in this tobacco. It's uh, very very nice. Yeah, for me the the wine and the tobacco are an inc- uh, a great pair. Uh, it's not and I'm again what was the twelfth episode here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So I've been smoking maybe, maybe a couple dozen times now because I have I have done some tobacco smoking at home. Uh, We're so proud of you, Paul. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's I'm picking up just a, just subtle notes of mm. fruit, and and the wine is not an in-your-face wine. It's very subtle too. So I think it's a fantastic pairing that Sam did here, and like I said, like Nick mentioned earlier, it's not overpowering. The, uh, the the cigar. I'm oh, sorry. Now I'm going to the cigar. <laughs> it's not. It's not overpowering the uh, the pipe tobacco. It's 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 just it's perfect. It really is. I think uh, I think we're gonna have to say that Sam won the pairing tonight. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, Ooh. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm with Dave on that. Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm with Dave on that. That that yeah. that, that yeah. you whiskey boys got to take a back whiskey, seat. Yeah, He's biased on the because he doesn't drink whiskey. Well, and I know I didn't really smoke. Hey, the I, pipe, I finished that whiskey. I couldn't imagine a better pairing for that cigar than that. that right, no, that, me that too. Whiskey. That was a, that, that was, was an excellent. It was pairing. right that on was, point. It was yeah. She hit like you said yeah. earlier. It, she hit it right on the head, and the smoothness, then the oakiness uh, of both the cigar with the spice and. And you know what? With the whiskey was was incredible. And to Dan's point about the wine having a longer finish with the you know, and then with the pipe, the what I liked about the whiskey, the finish wasn't as long, so it didn't over it didn't right. overpower the cigar because that whiskey I think had a little higher proof. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it it, so the higher <laughs> so the higher proof sometimes can overpower your cigar. So I think it was hit it right on the head. But I think the point is like. You couldn't ask at Twin Smoke Shop. You couldn't ask for a better bar staff than we have. I mean, they know no. their stuff. It, we're we're very lucky here. And you know, the fact that Kendra and Sam are both willing to smoke, you know, cigars and start smoking pipes, so that they can make these pairings. Uh, they want to make intelligent choices. Um, you know, again, that mm-hmm. just says something. I mean, where else? Where where else does that? You know, they they come and they ask me, you know, where's the tobacco? I want to smell it. Can you leave me some? I want to smoke some of it so that I know what I'm doing. That's that's the kind of you know commitment that they have here, and I think that's great. It's a great testimony. But also, though, they have the variety of spirits and yes, and craft beers and beers and bottles that we have to be able to match that with so many different things, tobacco Mm. and cigars that we have is excellent. Yep. Now, one of the most important things whether you're smoking a pipe or cigars is the lighter that you're using and uh, one of the things that I thought that we could talk about tonight was this question here a big question what makes a good 
lighter. I mean, and the reason I ask that is there are so many choices out there. I mean, just here at, at Twin Smoke Shop, we have Lotus, we have Vertigo, we have Colibri, we have Zycar, we have Rocky Patel, we have Bugatti, we have Prometheus, we have DuPont lighters, and all these range from $15 all the way up to $1,200. Wow. How do you choose? How, you know, people can be overwhelmed, you know, when they look at the amount of lighters that we have. And, you know, it's great to have lighters for every budget, you know, but what makes a lighter really good? What make, you know, why would somebody want to spend a thousand dollars on a lighter? or a hundred dollars on a lighter when you could get one for fifteen dollars or what makes what makes it better than the bic that you can get down at the gas station you know what what makes a good lighter what what do you look what do you look for what what's important to you guys in the lighters that you uh, choose to purchase for yourselves dependability for yeah. one um for me uh, i love the uh um Yes, I forget Dave. The, I forget the name of the brand, the uh, the Cyclone. That's the Vertigo. 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 Thank you. I mean, for me, that's been through a couple washes. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it still works. So that's 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 uh, that's got my vote. Not to say that something else wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, um, I do have I do have plans to uh, to get one of those new Bugattis. Those look pretty pretty awesome. So yeah. I think I think the other thing is the aesthetic of it. What 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 calls to you and what looks at it because at the end of the day they create fire but i think it's a it's a personal touch uh almost like your cigar yep. that you're smoking with it and or the pipe tobacco that you're smoking with it is you're it's almost like a sense of pride like what and how you're doing your own craft and it's got to come from you and i think that's why it's great to have such a wide variety of ranges. Yeah, well, I think I think a lighter is a very personal thing. You mm -hmm. know, the, you know, we're all smoking pipes right now, or most of us. Sorry. And, <laughs> and um, oh. you know, pipes. You know, they are an extension of you. And one of the reasons there are so many pipes, and and right. it is that, um, you know, everyone's you know, your hand is a different shape. It, you know, and what feels good to one person may not feel good to somebody else. And so you're not only looking for what colors you like or what shapes you like. It's it's what feels good in your hand. What what do you like holding on to? And the same is true with a lighter. I mean, you, you're going to want a lighter that that fits in your hand. You're going to want a lighter that you can easily manipulate and and make work. Um, you know, one of the you know one of the um, uh, questions that I'm asked more often than you might think is, is especially with uh, um, uh, older people is is they want lighters that y you don't want to press down on because maybe their fingers don't work as well and so you want a lighter that maybe you can squeeze and turn on instead of one that you have to press with your thumb because of arthritis or something like that so there's all sorts of things that go into what you're looking for and um, and for those reasons, you really want to have a good selection of lighters if you're a uh, brick-and-mortar store. Uh, what are some thoughts that you have there, Mr. Nick? Um, well, it's all in preference. What do you want? You know what I mean? It, uh, like Dave said, at the end of the day, it's going to light your cigar and it's going to light your pipe. You can 
get a book of matches, you know, that's not going to cost you anything. It's going to do the same thing. But it's it's all in preference, you know what I mean? Or, you know, how much do you want to spend? Are you, are you comfortable in spending $1,000? Or do you want to spend $50 on a, on a lighter? Me, personally, I have a DuPont. Yes, my wife bought it for me, but... You know, it's something. It's something that I would have. I would have got one anyways. But I'm very, very grateful that she got it for me. But it's something. It's like it's like owning a really nice car. You could show it off. You got a, a line two. I have a line eight. They're very expensive items, but they're 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 like man jewelry. You know what I mean? It's like wearing a ring. You know what I mean? In the cigar community, that's like wearing a really nice ring or a really nice watch. To me, that's an extension of me. Mm-hmm. Also, it means, you know, it has a sentimental value. But, sure, you know what I mean? It's, you know, somebody that comes in that's looking for a DuPont, you know what I mean? They're, they're looking for something flashy. You know what I mean? If somebody's looking for a regular lighter, yeah, we can get them into a nice $50, $40 lighter. Get them a Zycar, get them a Bugatti, get them a, a, lo- a really nice Lotus or a Calibri. But when you're talking about DuPont, you're you're like talking about, you know, orange to apples or, or Mercedes to a Honda Civic. Right. In in my opinion. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about DuPont or you're talking about, you know, uh Zycar, it's the craftsmanship of, of the lighter. It's what goes into it. You know what I mean? DuPont, you have you know I'd have to look up my notes here, but you have one guy over five months making that one lighter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's an unbelievable craftsmanship. Yep. They're all made in France. And they're just, you have that lighter for the rest of your life. I have a DuPont from, it's a Gatsby lighter. It's from the 1940s, I believe. Um, and it still works perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what, that's what you're kind of getting into with, with some of the lighters. The same thing with the, with the pipes. You're getting a, somebody that crafted that for days, for weeks, for months. You're getting a one of a kind or you know, you're getting something like Dave said, it's an extension of you. It's right. your personality. Right. I think another good point too to bring up would be where are you smoking? Because a lot of these lighters work at higher altitudes where some won't. Um, you know, it also it's so it's a lifestyle choice. Um, I think that's a, another thing that's to be said for it too. That's that's a great point, Dave. Um, you know, uh, I know uh, Zycar and DuPont lighters that we carry are designed to work at high altitudes, uh, some choices of those. Um, and uh, you also need fuel that will light at those right altitudes. You can get the high altitude lighter, but yeah. if you don't put the, the right high altitude yeah, butane in it, they're not going to work if you're at the top of Mount Washington or wherever you are or out in, you know, Denver, <laughs> you know, uh, you need those, you need those special lighters for that. Paul, what, what's, what are some of your thoughts on this subject? Well, for someone who drives a 15 year old Jeep with 200,000 miles, that's probably in need of a tune up right now. Uh, but it's still <laughs> a, a very reliable vehicle and gets me from point A to point B. I'm someone who really just wants a reliable, uh, lighter. Um, and if it's my lighters are probably if they're not kicking around my kitchen drawer, they're probably kicking around in a in a pan pocket or a coat pocket somewhere. Um, and as long as it just 
lights my cigar and lights it you know the way I, I need it to light that's what I choose um, mm. so I tend to go for more of the vertigos just because they are more inexpensive uh, to me I've had my cyclone for five years as Dave said it's probably been through a couple of washes un <laughs> unbeknownst yeah. to me yeah. but it still works and I tend to go for also we talk about uh, the different types of lighters but I go for the ones that have the two and three burners okay um, I can control my flame I keep my cigar several inches above the lighter which uh, the, the flame which is important and, and I can just control the the, the, the toast and when I'm uh, lighting up that cigar some people can't can. you can you can we've seen customers come in and they just torch the thing <laughs> and we try to yeah. get, give them a little bit of education of how they really should do it um, but for me yeah. I just I just want to have that control yeah. but also I tend to smoke the Toros and the Gordos so the yeah. single burner for me yeah. as much as we can appreciate it I like to go for something that has a little bit more oomph and uh, can light that a little bit quicker yeah if your Connecticut wrap cigar looks like a Maduro after you finish lighting it yes. you're doing something wrong <laughs> that's right yeah so for me as uh, Dan had talked about I'm a cigar geek and part mm -hmm. of that culture is Lighters. the accessories right mm -hmm. and so I have more than I probably can count and so now that I'm working uh, in the industry and working for Kurt, uh, the one I carry every day is our 724 Vertigo with the factory on it mm -hmm. because I'm at accounts and I'm showing it to them and I do events and people love it and um, so it's kind of a branding thing for us but um, for me I've always been partial to the Zycar products. Um, the lighters have gotten so much better than they used to be honestly. Um, I probably have four Zycar lighters. Um, they're single torch, I think it's called the Executive which is a mm -hmm. side ignition. Um, I, I have two of those, um, and I love them. And I have a couple with um, that are branded with another company that's um, Roma Craft, and that's the cigar uh, besides 724 that I probably smoke the most of. Um, and so for me, when I'm like geeking out with my friends and we've taken our cigar pictures and stuff like that, like you're going to take it with the lighter in it and stuff like that, and so mm -hmm. it, it looks really cool. And so for me, you know, and I also do like a single flame a lot of times and so if you have a powerful enough single flame you can do a good job I don't smoke a lot of Gordos I'm a Robusto uh, smaller ring gauge guy um, so for me a single flame works it also helps out with touch-ups a lot of times uh, most of the time you don't need to touch up a good cigar but you never know if you do um, but I prefer that um, but I'll say the vertigo the the cyclone that fifteen dollar lighter that we sell mm -hmm. that thing's bulletproof I mean and it's a lifetime warranty on it too right like it, that's it, fantastic right so at the end of the day yeah. the thing's almost indestructible but at the end of the day bring it back it's a lifetime warranty yeah now I'm a I'm a big fan of the the Vertigo uh, I've had mine uh, uh, for three and four years I have several of them uh, they all too have been through the wash and uh, still work. Um, uh, but the, the one other lighter that I have and I've had for years, uh, that has, is, remains the, the most reliable lighter I've ever had is, is my DuPont, uh, Gatsby. And it's a, uh, uh, palladium with, uh, uh, striping, uh, down the side. And, you know, it, it's a, it is, it's, it's an expensive lighter. It retails for 650. Um, at the when I got it, I was uh, pastoring at a at a church, and um, 
the only reason I was able to afford to get it was I had two funerals to, to turn up in a week and I had a hundred dollar gift certificate at the place that it was being sold at and they were having a big sale. So it was 20% off and I had money that wasn't in my normal spending budget. So two people, people had died. to die. Two people had to die for me to have my lighter. <laughs> nice. That's right. I remember I, the first the, time I met Dan. This is like, so dark. See, the Lord, the Lord provided. He works in mysterious ways. Death <laughs> other people so that <laughs> I could have a Dupont lighter. That's Thank you, Prometheus. Well, the first time I met, the first time I met Dan, this was a lot. This was years ago mm-hmm. at another place. He would told me of this story. I made the same joke Nick did, but he could the the flicking of the noise that he was doing into the microphone earlier he couldn't stop doing that he was so like excited to show me that it was yeah, like, it's yeah. really yeah. cool well, yeah, yeah. well the, in the DuPont lines because you have you have the Slim 7s you mm-hmm. have the Slim Jets um, Maxi you have, Jet you have the Maxi Jet you have the Extreme the Extreme the Defi uh, the Defi yeah, the the yeah you have a bunch of lines mm-hmm. but line 2 the one that you have the one that is the most expensive the one that is the most seeked out or sought after is the that one. That would be the correct English, yes. Yes, I'm trying to correct myself here. Um, is the one that pings. That's the only one. Um, I have a line eight and it doesn't ping. I think the line one's ping too. The, I have a line one Gatsby and it does not ping. It does not ping? Nope. So the line ones. Uh, the line ones and the line eights don't ping, and the line twos are the only ones. And those, because they're so sought after, they make them in all shapes and sizes and colors yep. and 24 karat gold. And you have a palladium one. We have two that uh, one's a blue lacquer, one's a black lacquer, and they both retail for 1200 bucks. And that's like on the low end. I've seen them up at 20,000. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, with. Wow. With those yeah, higher end Duponts, mm-hmm. really, what you're you're buying a piece of jewelry is oh, what yeah. you're doing. You're, you're buying precious metals. And, you know, if you, you know, put aside the fact that uh, you know Nick is, is right. These lighters are put together by a person over a series of months. There's very few moving parts. They're all made by hand from scratch. If you see something that is a precious me- looks like a precious metal, it's because it is that precious metal. I mean, this this lighter is incredibly heavy. I could put it in a sock and kill somebody <laughs> with it. It's it's and trying to get another, another lighter. It's <laughs> it's and it 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 really is. It, you know, I've had it for years, over a decade, and it is still one of the most reliable lighters I've ever had. Uh, and I've I've told people, you know, you buy a Vertigo or you buy a Dupont. Everything else is going to break and and disappoint at some point. Um, but because you can you know trade in your vertigo and you know when it breaks it's 15 bucks it's not it's not going to last forever it's 15 bucks you know but um you know that's really the difference it's it's like the difference between buying a a timex watch and a rolex you know with a rolex you're you're buying jewelry that's that's what you're doing um one of the interesting things is with a dupont because it's made of these precious metals um, they retain their value too. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if I were to sell this lighter on eBay, I could probably get retail for it or close to it. I would not lose a whole lot of money on this because it's made of palladium, which is a yeah. a, a kind of platinum. Yeah. Um, so, 
if you lose things very easily, do not get a DuPont lighter. <laughs> Yeah. If you lose things very easily, I would not buy an expensive lighter. Right. Unless uh, you drive a McLaren, then you probably don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's true. And I think um, I think the DuPonts are probably one of the only lighters on the market where the older it gets, the more value it becomes, the more valuable that it becomes. Mm-hmm. Because that one in another 10 years is probably going to be worth double what you paid for it. Some of the ones that you see online that are line ones that are in really rough shape, they're from the 1940s, the 1950s, and they're a crazy amount of money. They're like $700, $800 that they're starting. Hmm. So those are, I think those are the only ones that would retain and gain value right. over time. A Zycar, yeah, it'd probably be worth some money if you get a really, really good one, a limited edition Fuente one or... Anything like that would probably be worth some money because of the limited, you know, the limited edition. But a Dupont, every Dupont, is just incredible craftsmanship. Now let's let's talk a little bit about these new Bugatti lighters that just yeah, came into the they're shop. Cool, because you know lighters for a long time have really kind of not changed. Mm-hmm. Really, it's either a soft flame or it's a torch, or it's a and torch could be one, two, three. I've seen as many as five. Um, uh, uh, jets on a torch, you know, and then Bugatti has come out with this uh, really a, a new idea, and that is a replaceable tank. Um, Paul, do you want to talk about that? So, so basically, with with these lighters, they uh, like you said, they are a replaceable tank, but the each tank is the equivalent of twenty refills. Um, so you know, like on a regular lighter, a regular you would lighter. have to get your can of butane Correct. and fill you, it for you, twenty you, times. You would have to purge it out, fill it to the top, and do that twenty times to get the equivalent of one uh, little canister of butane. Um, so the the lighters are really cool. Uh, come in a couple of different shapes uh, and sizes. Um, they are uh, what do they retail for? About a hundred dollars. Hundred dollars. Um, so they, you know, we just, and they're relatively new to to twins. So, um, but they are they are a really really nice looking lighter. They really really are. Yeah, they're almost they're almost like table lighter size. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. really they're really a little big to have in your pocket. You could put them you can put them in your pocket. Yeah, but you're gonna know it's there. Yeah, you're gonna you it's know. gonna weigh you down. You know. <laughs> They kind of look like mini lightsabers. They're yep. really kind of cool looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like a, a grenade mixed with a, a frag grenade mixed yeah. with, a, with a, a lightsaber. So nice. when so what you do with these lighters is um, you buy a, uh, tanks to refill it, and they basically look like little mini butane bottles. Yeah. And you unscrew the bottom of the lighter, and you you slide in the, the tank and then screw the bottom back on and it's ready to go. Right, there's, there's no, no purging, right. there's no bleeding, there's no maintenance of the lighter that way. It, it is really a neat idea. Hmm. And uh, all those lighters come with um, interchangeable jets too. The, the jets, all the jet heads are all designed to come off and uh, all those lighters come with a second uh, jet that you can put in. So if it's getting dirty or it needs to be cleaned, you can put on a fresh jet, have it working, and you have the time to clean up your old one without wasting the fuel or worrying yeah. about 
messing up the rest of your lighter. It's a really, really cool idea. Yeah, it's really unique. And the, the nice part about it, too, is that the replaceable tanks uh, have a comfortable price point of only $3. So that's like, you know, the, the, to maintain it is fantastic. Right. Yeah, to have, a, to have a tank on your lighter that's the equivalent of 20 refills, uh, that's, a, that's a huge tank. That'll last you a long time. And that's one of the reasons yeah. the lighters are so big, too. Yeah. It's, it's basically each lighter holds about, you know, depending on the size you might get, a, a quarter to a third of a can of butane is, yeah. is your tank. So for me, it's a couple of weeks because I smoke a lot of cigars. As mm -hmm. Dan and Paul always joke when I'm refilling my lighter. <laughs> They're like, you're refilling Every again? His <laughs> morning fill Why aren't you just here? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yep. But the other thing, too, is like we were talking about limited edition lighters. We got some really cool new Prometheus stuff in with mm. all the Arturo Fuente limited stuff on there. And it's the like the purple. Yeah, I was going to mm. say the color is purple this year for the Purple Rain cigars. Yeah, it's which really cool. It, they are beautiful and the price point it's about all of it's about a hundred bucks right now yep. and it's also there's some cutters too i know we're talking about lighters but um yep. the, the, all the accessories there are really they're gorgeous um looking and so um you know it, it's gotten to be the holiday time it's a nice gift for yourself or someone else but you know those are beautiful i was admiring them i think yesterday with dan mm -hmm. uh, in the morning when we mm. were getting some stuff done yeah that's awesome fantastic so, what is our final verdict here on the Dreams of Kadath by Cornel and Deal? Scrumptious. Scrumptious? Yes. And I'm stealing Paul's word. Scrumptious. What, uh, what makes you think it's so scrumptious, Dave? I love the, uh, the, uh, the kind of floral notes I've been getting from it, the Virginias, um, the, the spice and the retrohale, the... Every once in a while, a pop-up of the leather—it's uh, just fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Dave. It, it's, it's a very relaxing uh, tobacco for me. Um, definitely getting the, uh, the, the fruit, the, the, the spice. So I, I call it more like a, a burning, uh, well, burning wood, I guess. <laughs> Campfire. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Well, it's, it's very subtle. It's, it's, it's such a subtle. Uh, uh, spiced on the retro hill and it's uh it's a very would we say this is like a like a mild to medium kind mild of? to medium yeah. yeah yeah this is this is very very good very very relaxing i'm enjoying this and the only much. time i get that woody spice is in the retro yes exactly fruit on the fruit on the regular exhale mm. the spice on the on the on the retro hill. yeah it's a good i'd say light medium mm -hmm. got some nice um i don't get the floral notes but i definitely get like that fruitiness in there with that leather yeah. very very nice very pleasant very smooth got a little bit of spice on that retro ale it's a very good pipe tobacco mm. i'm enjoying it uh it's very good to me i i love this it's the um the aroma you get in the tin is really yeah. really fruity it's it's uh really really nice and you know when you light it up it's it's not that really sweet apricotty kind of uh, taste that you get uh, when you are smelling it out of the tin. It's very, very different. Mm -hmm. It's very complex. It's very well balanced. And uh, it could easily be an all-day smoke, I think. It's very approachable. 
Um, I highly recommend it. Mm. Very much. Yum. You have been listening to Not Just Blowing Smoke, the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twin Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thank you for listening, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Thank you.